six by Lewis Williams. Samson, 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 Samson. Both racial toddlers were now shouting out at their dog's name with quiet desperation. Where the fuck has he got to? Thomas Rachel responded with a tone that carried a meaningful reprimand for his language without the need for another word to be added. After eight years together as a, as a couple, Rachel and Thomas were able to communicate a great deal of meaning and emotion to each other after just just the way they said each other's names, whether the respective chose to say Thomas, Tom or Tommy or Rachel or Rach. That, that tone, their brief wrestling exchange reflected the fact that both but now at the point of seriously beginning to panic. Dark was falling rapidly. Rachel began using the torch that as the, the represented light, light lamp app on her mobile several minutes ago. And that on the top of the day's uses had all but drained the battery. Soon they had would be in the woods in the total darkness. Having not seen their beloved Samson for what felt like eternity, but it was rarely a mere ten or twelve minutes. Look back at the car before we got got ourselves lost. Get the torch from home and come back and look for him properly. For as long as it takes, I mean, you've got to be somewhere. Oh God, Tom, he's hurt or something, or somebody's taking him. Do we go to the police if we don't find him. When we come back, yes, I think we should do, should. I don't know how interested they might be about a missing dog. They'll probably just take down the details and do nothing about it. I can't see us putting up missing dog posters on every lamppost and telegraph pole between here and home. I never again see him again. They held each other in red, very display of such affection outside the home. Apparent as few, few are, as they were aware, they were not the sight of anyone else. Why no, Rach? I love that dog as much as I as you do. That dog, he's not. He's got a name, Rachel Snapback. Breaking intimacy. She doubted Thomas really felt the same way about Samson as she did. Come on, let's get back to the car. They disengaged, and Thomas offered his hand to Rachel to hold on as they walked. This way, he asked. I think so. Wilton muddy paths they began to follow could indeed lead them to the wood, back without the woods and back to the base of Darmac, where their poetry was taken apart. But they, went, but they had walked a little further than a few metres long when a sharp movement made them turn around suddenly sharply. Samson bounded back to them, panting, appearing superbly, superbly cheerful, as if to say, What are you worried What were you worrying for? Rachel knit to receive him, and him and kissed him. On the mouth of the same as the sun dog gone is all not to do. Samson licked her face in return. Dennis Stevens thought that people who kept dogs, cats or anything as pets, that they could easily find a pet home. What a biggest out-of-town retail parts showed a signal lack of imagination. Nature was wonderful. Or there's so many different creatures surviving in so many different ways that, say, keeping a dog and feeding it tin food, or keeping a hamster and feeding it pet shop hamster food was just a dull and boring thing to do. Dennis philosophy, or what, was that you should only live once and you should choose to spend what, that one life doing the same thing that everyone else did in the same way. Everyone else did. 
All that people, millions of other people did the same way. And millions of people did. That was a shocking waste of what that life. Interesting, interesting, interest. Gave life a purpose. Well, interest. He recalled a conversation he once had with an acquaintance at work, Paul Tunbridge, who had gone with his wife to see a mortgage advisor at HSB Bank, a mortgage advisor, and asked them the questions that listened to them explain their lifestyle, their finances. After the interview, the marriage advisor wrote up the reports, results in the report, and as a job to do, the report included the line that Paul, his wife, not had many in interest or ease outside work. Paul was seen most put out by that inclusion, but Dennis suspected it was true. That's why he left it. Paul wrinkled. The truth first. Paul had never struck Dennis in any way being an interesting person. Particular interests and hobbies, all of that made life worth living. You can't just go to work, come home, watch TV, reset, go to work again. Even if you added raising children and having sex with a wife occasionally to that list. It still doesn't strike. Dennis says that pretty appetizing. Even when the lyrics from that probably would, be, would probably always be his favourite ever song, Racing the Street. But Dennis Bruce died. Some guys just gotta give up living and start dying little by little, piece by piece. Some guys somehow come home from work and wash up and go racing in the street. The hero and maybe the anti-hero of the song. An interest that kept him keep living, kept him from di- just dying slowly. That interest was the auto street racing, illegal and high adrenaline. But Dennis cars and girls wasn't the point of the song. Whether it was that doing what they had to, you had to do, doing what you do to make you feel alive, become because you don't do anything else. The genius of the song was about existential angst, so simply, so decided, directly without complication. Dennis had never considered street racing an option for me, for it was anywhere near the cultural phenomenon he found in the northwest states of 1970s America. When it was the mid-wetlands of 21st century England, a racing street struck a chord with him every time he listened to it. Dennis' interest in life couldn't have been more different to first street racing. Dennis' particular interest was parasites. He wasn't sure when his interest began to mean so much to him, but he happily admitted to himself he was now in recession. He could trace it to the beginning back to when he was a boy. His parents had two dogs, a long-haired black association and a brindled white bulldog. He hated them both. The bulldog was literally neither use or ornament. At that time, because its attacks were ugly, worse, it always seemed to smell musty and seemed completely incapable of sleeping without snoring obnoxiously. Ob- ob- the sensation he found himself a little more charming. Everett's included drinking out of the toilet and eating any feces he would find in the street, whereupon he would rush back to his owners with it. If the dog could only said to grin, a literal grin, shit-eating grin, on its stupid face. Both the dogs apparently had fleas. Because the fleas must have annoyed the dogs, the young Dennis liked and reflected the fleas more than he did the dogs. He read out about them and found that he had a form of far more interesting than that of a dog. A purely of purpose and nature. Design as a standard him. The dog's fleas, he discovered, Lived on blood, sucked from its host, and the mouth parts adapted for bits of skin, a sucking blood optionally. It survived without such feeding for several months, and had a relative of its size, 
very little long high legs enabled it to jump again very late to its size utterly to spectacular distances to land on its host once on its host and having a bit full of blood the female could lay up amazing four thousand legs besides of dogs a host's fur but the fleas had just bite the bite just bite the dogs. He bit Dennis too for long swathes of his boyhood. He remember having flea bites. They mainly bit his lower leg. He recalled his calves being covered in bites. He would scratch them as they itched. Like ill, he would start to scab over. He would scratch them again, sometimes scratching as many nonchalant and established scabs as hard as blood would run down his legs. If Umbo told him that he had caught one of the flies, he could swash it between two fingernails. So that as they had hardly little, as they were hardly little bastards, they had a better way to kill them. You know that you killed them when you felt their hard little ruddy brown bodies give away under your fingernails. That's a flattened between them. But Dennis never killed them. He respected them too much, and they interested him too greatly. As I'm glad, I'm so glad you got came back. We came back, Tom. I don't know how I've been. We've done if we lost him. I don't know if I've slept. Taking a dozen note troll. Or just couldn't sleep. Or just about willing someone to call. Or not the door, saying that they brought us out to know. I'm so glad we put our address and my mobile on his tag. You know, it happens again. I can't bear it. Before, before adding the least, least of Russia words. I love that dog, you know. More than you do me, Thomas? asked. Perhaps only half jokingly. No, not more than that one then I do you. She stretched her arms out straight horizontally from her body as it's being crucified. Her fingers curled in just slightly to indicate measuring an immeasurable distance. I love Samson this much, but I love you a little bit more. Excitement over relief, comfort and patience on debt Thomas. More or less settled back. into their usual Saturday routine. If I win a bottle of wine, sometimes a film, but aren't more often a point tonight in particular, we see special Saturday night TV schedule. Walking sounds in the woods together, was the closest they got to being get, going out together for the most part of their day. Sometimes there's a lot of silence between them. Rachel would sometimes read, whilst Thomas would read watch television, especially if she was hooked on a story, a book she was reading. Thomas knew read less at all. If at all, he'd argue that he sent decent to any decent boy who he filmed or televised sooner or later. He could experience it that way, without the inconvenience having to read a book. A silence between them were uncomfortable. Though, after eight years together, five years married, theirs wasn't a passionate love anymore. He was only if something different, calmer, more solid, even more comfortable in each other's company, without the need of giving each other any whatever other attention all the time if anything right it was now how it should be except well except there was no immediate prospect of them having children and if each medical tent they made at beating your felicity and brought them false hope and not really disappointment they just sometimes wondered if people took a fondness for samson for her treating the dog as a child substitute but it wasn't like that one of Tom's favourite guilty pleasures was rewatching the episodes of the old sitcom Only Fools and Horses. He had them all on DVD, and Rachel quite, quite hated the characters as a childless couple. Boise and Marley. The latter having a stupid old dog, I don't she treated as a baby substitute. 
Well, Samson, isn't a grizzly little dog, but that he is a muscular seventy-five pound, long-haired black Alsatian. Moreover, he was natural to her to be attracted to Samson, as it had been to a dollar a black and silver Alsatian bitch that had been taken from in recorded circumstances. Well, she's only about a year old, technically still a puppy, and bound with the energy and surmised the murder must escape from her old in the cold offence. She turned and him dumped on her bed, still step dead, along with surmised by a card I hear. Driver too cowardly own up about having run down their pet. Diana didn't look injured, with no blood or any gruesome injuries to see. Just her lifeless body, still unsettling in the way that all causes are. Rachel made the discovery of the body. The overall moment still haunted her. To this day, the lightest she could ever be about the incident was only half-jokingly blamed Thomas, having given the dog the name that meant she got murdered. Like the light of the stupid Tom Jones song. Nevertheless, the name Samson to Lionel's on paper, in tribute to a name, not that it's perfectly understandable that she had treason. Treasure Samson as much as she did. That night, basking in relief as Samson returned, Rachel and Thomas made love for the first time in nearly two weeks. The last thing on the other of their minds was to check the body, dog's body for ticks, as was the Blue Cross macaroni practice, following a walk in the woods. <coughs> With the great educational ability of a series of bare life choices, Danny Stevens might have become boys. As he was, he became a local government administrative officer. He had at one time applied for a job at the university's zoology department, a bet and admin one. He didn't have a qualification for coming in with research himself. Had he got the job, he would have been life-changing. He would have moved to another end of the country, for one thing. He didn't get the job, correctly sensing at one point. The interview panel wanted him to mention biodiversity. The job was part about some supporting the outreach activities of the churches. It was very much a key buzzword to them. As he did so, they went on to talk about the pilius polius of public louts, and how it would be an awful thing in the current popularity amongst women of Brazilian waxing. Meant that she, the species, died out. The panel didn't have, wouldn't have looked more surprised as they did when he got up and dropped ice cubes down their backs. Tis an art on Dennis, perceive, 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 persevered with any attempts to get a job related to any way his outwardly interest to life. He said, indeed, parasites, especially those living outside the human's host body, have made his private free time interest with which interest obsession eventually came to displace amongst all other interests in life. He infested in magnifiers, microscopes, he collected specimens alert out of reserve them, in clear basking medicine. He spared them with parasite livestock, testing them. Long hard, how long very variety of parasites would survive away from their hosts. Please could survive well and headless more much less so. He fascinated to able to see sites such as the Sakurai the scapsmite and the microscope, his body appearing as partly chestnut blob with tiny legs and like short ends of twin tails, with twitches simple ears, appearing to grow out of them. But then his greatest passion was parasites, even seen with naked eyes, especially fleas and ticks. Yes, ticks were a particular favourite of his, 
Rachel woke up around 9am. It was Sunday. The alarm wasn't set. She, so she was able to wake up naturally in her own time. Thomas' space in the bed was empty. She wondered if he had gone out already. He envied him being able to pull a pair of trousers and put on shoes atop and simply go out. No need to anything with his short hair or put on makeup. Rachel wouldn't even venture out the house for at least 20 minutes, 15 minutes, an absolute push to sort out her hair and makeup in preparation. Perhaps Thomas had gone to a cult to get fresh consoles. He did that sometimes on special occasions. He would enjoy him all up. A few minutes in the oven was all it took, and so was Chobby Jam. Divine! If so, she might be rewarded with a sexual treat. It was, if he was up to it after the previous night, a breakfast of Chobby Jam, or a pearl jam, perhaps. She marred herself as her own little joke. Too fattening to have every often, very often, and in truth, tasting the latter was something she did far more and for Turner's pleasure than her own. It was a special occasion of sorts. Samson was safe after there had been a nasty scare. She called for Samson. Thomas had already let Samson out, so there was no urgency for her to get up and do that. She herself, of course, felt the need to urinate. But it wasn't utterly... uh, It didn't. It was an urgent need. The thick curtains were still drawn in their bedroom, and the room was still partly, fairly dark. She could draw his snooze and a few more minutes in bed. Before getting up, she called for Samson a little more, more deadly his time. She heard uh, and came, but sound, rather than bounding the room into bed, as he might usually do, he approached to see more luck, bit luck, more luxadaisal. And almost seemed to be an effort for him to climb in up to the bed. Rachel received him and cupped her hands and in her hands. It was obvious something was wrong. Around his eyes were a series of what she thought were warts, little barbarous, misshapen brown berries that seemed ripened naturally overnight. How could she not have seen them last night? They were ticks much bigger than they would have been last night, too. Their bodies were engorged with blood. Sucked from Samson. Then she probably noticed Samson's ears. His sides were filled with the same disgusting blood filled brownberries. It seemed like hundreds of them, much bigger and lighter brown than the others, as if their bodies had been taken blood to their bursting point. Trishel felt sick, repulsed from Samson, by abhorrence of the sight, the feel, the very presence of the ugly parasites, but at the same time drawn towards Samson, out of sympathy for a beloved dog, the tension between the two emotions parallel. She panicked, she did all the wrong things, and did them quickly. Ticks are only tricks, or small acronites. Acronites that evolved many millions of years ago in the Critias period, and survived those millions of years by feeding on the blood of animals. So called old ticks, which one of them, Samson, bought what looked like pointed head at the front of their bodies, but it was not a head. It contains near brains and eyes. It's more beak like structure with mouth parts. Completely de- perfectly developed for, the, for their function, piercing skin and sucking blood. These mouth parts work to extract blood by cutting out wounded skin, in which inserted a calcified, calcified harpoon like structure called a hestoscope. It has barbed edges and anchors that tick firmly in place 
Walls are stuck as it well, it sucks blood. The tick also exerts screeches and anticoagulant into its own to prevent it blood from clotting. Ticks can carry disease through a variety of pathogens. Neat rare biological virus of Pantanosiae. A single tank can harm a more tick can harbour more than one type of pathogen. As a consequence of all this, ticks need to be removed with every care. If you squeeze the ticks and move it, a body will separate from its head, leaving the head embedded in the skin. If you move a tick with your fingernails, you risk infection entering through any breaks of your skin, which will, might be close to another end of your fingernail. If you crush the tick's body, it might cause it to retrograde its infected stomach contents in a bite, wound to its of its host. You crush it on gold a tick. It will burst and splat your punch potentially, so it is blooding you. Rachel in a panic attempted to remove as many as the ticks and infested Thompson's face and ears as much as she could, crushing them away with her fingers. The blood filled bodies of gorged ticks came away, leaving their heads embodied in Samson's face and ears. Unattached gorged ticks bodies burst like overripe berries, covering Rachel's hands in sounds of blood. Crushed ticks regurgitated their infected stomach contents back in the bite wounds in Samson's body, through which the feast had originally been sucked. Like his ticks have yet to attach itself to Samson, or were wandering through his fur, still seeking out places like the inside of his ears, and inside his eyes, where skins were was its finish moved about like almost as if paid in a college of being affected on the brethren. At, at least one bit of Rachel and attached itself to her skin. How could this have happened? How could these ticks have filled Samson's face and ears so quickly? How could they have gorged themselves so quickly? Thoughts raced through Rachel's head as he screamed and Samson howled. How could it be? How could it be? How could it be? Only dog ticks could do it this quickly. It happened. Did they weren't entirely ordinary ticks. The scalpel was steady in Dennis's hand. He'd done this many times, after all. He drew his sharp blade across the skin on the part of his forearm and let the blood drip in the poetry dish. He'd been positioned to collect it, if he'd in time for his little zoo again. In the same way, there's a major lack of animation or foresight on the site of schools and academia that he had let Dennis down. He chewed to possess his, small, his own small by a genius that failed to nutrate or acknowledge another, another university's natural gift. For understanding the world, natural world without formal education, his dedication might have been made him a celebrated biologist, an outstanding researcher, even a breed of prized livestock. But while worthwhile scientific careers and breeding useful animals were the stocks of others, Venice bid ticks selecting a breeding stock only the largest and hardiest specimens. Where those are fed the fastest and move the quickest. Because of the short life cycle of the stick, great strides are possible in the space of time. A breeder's predatory dogs or preferred varietals. This could only dream of. Dennis had been doing this for years. As a result, brood and brood. Dennis' education only grew. His other, other, only other interests and ambitions fell away. Amongst other things, and all, all older, like ages, the process was impeccable day by day. Imperceivable, day by day, Dennis Huntley gave up any hopes of female companionship. There was no movement of effort, 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 effort. 
just as similar receptors eye signs of religion and madness. Unconsciously, Dennis came to an end with his endeavours in trying to attack Fitzwilliam. He'd never been very successful doing so, and few relations he had managed and to have all ended badly. He could not, whatever interesting had him, and then quickly, some, someone taller, more successful, or getting lucky, would turn their heads, and then his heart would break. The results were all the same way at time, crushing so like the same scientist who only gives up, repeating the same experiment and expecting to get a different result. Dennis gave up relationships. He wasn't giving up on life, though. After all, Dennis had something a little bit more special than being married with children or being in a relationship. He had a vat full of the strongest, fastest, hardiest and biggest ticks mankind had ever known. Five weeks after the ticks incident, Rachel sat in a doctor's surgery, waiting to be called for an appointment. The best way to get a doctor's appointment, medical centre, local to her and Thomas, was ringing on the day. If she hadn't, it wasn't such early, if it weren't, didn't do so early enough, you know, we managed to get one. But to the disadvantage, with this was that you had to take pop luck as to which doctor you ought to see. Rachel would hope for an appointment with a female doctor, always shook their parents' hand when she greeted them, and had always wore a dress, could always run late of her appointments, as she generally seemed to care about and listen to her parents. What was her name? Instead, Rachel's appointment was with Dr. Metcliffe, who seemed to be more interested in his implement retirement than he was of his patients. He let Rachel talk herself out about how bad she felt, and how her muscles ached, how her neck always seemed to be stiff, how she had problems remembering things properly, and how low she was feeling when she lost her dog Samson. Because she detected with questions, she felt with, with left a prescription for increased dose of antidepressant celluline. Without feeling she had ever been listened at all. Inside Rachel's body, the affection of wings and strawny ticks had blessed her with um, carried an inexplorable progress deeper into her brain. Rachel took the increased dose of line as directed, but it seemed to do little to lighten the mood. It just made her mouth feel increasingly dry and sounded a death kill for what little interest she had left in sex. In a world that left like, felt like it had collapsed when Samson had to be dot down. Thomas, of course, noticed him, the explorable decline of his wife's mood. After all, he loved her gently. And she had been his soulmate for the past eight years. He tried to suggest evening else, a meal out, a couple who were old friends of theirs, arranged and cancelled as Rachel, he told him. She couldn't face it. A meal out for just two of them, the town's most expensive restaurant, he booked, and suddenly cancelled. It was a, it was much even easier for Rachel to turn evening and pot down. As all only involved the two of them, and letting up one person down, Thomas, even suggested he bought a new puppy, and as a way of the help release his wife's manalays, he tried to show her the puppies. They were listed online, German Shepherds, as they called them these days. But they always be associations to him. There were some beautiful dolls for sale, for puppies cute as buttons, and wouldn't be ready to leave for weeks, Sir Hansen. Dogs for the latter months of their late first year, ready to leave for a new home as soon as possible. Nothing wasn't a problem for them to buy one. They could pick up one right away if they chose one that was old enough. 
But as he tried to show Rachel some dog's picture, he found she slapped his laptop on his hands, so to crush it, so it crushed on the floor. Rachel's mood was not was a little wasn't. It was a little bit of work, although she managed to keep out both slightly outlawed and some reserved for nearest and dearest. She enjoyed a fairly senior position. But where she was no one watching over her shoulder to notice she spent more days staring into space and she actually working at her computer. With no clocking in or out system with such a as such a workplace, maybe someone looked at the records in the electronic access system and that the producers employees left themselves in and out. She had dealt with it. In any event, she found it easy to arrive at work progressively later, leave progressively earlier, and take longer breaks without anyone commenting, at least to her face. Maybe a line manager would pick her up in the time. He left actually working eventually. But even that initial fact to Rachel might just be an uncomfortable chat rather than anything more serious. Rachel's previous achievements and good reputation at work would hold her in good stead for a while. He simply lost interest in her job. She took no, no on this project and pretended to be busy when she wasn't. She took occasional sick days, even when even the effort of pretending to be interested was too much. One day, after a year after the, after the day of the dicks, Rachel took a sick day and never returned to work over. Her sickness was by now all too ill, the physical health as well, and mental health had been destroyed. By this stage, Thomas had long ago given up trying to take his wife out of himself with interventions. It all already turned down. A letter, a more letter than no met without right of sedity. Rachel's friend had faced the same degrading progression of responses to the concern invitations and offers of help. They too asked less and less, and then drifted away. Thomas himself had nowhere to drift away as much. Wait as, as such, he still lived with Rachel, never, while still slept to sleep bed with Rachel, but without perhaps feeling really, really, really realising himself, he began to put less effort and trying to communicate with his wife. He gave up suggesting things they could do together. He gave up trying to persuade her to go back to the doctors. Less frustrating, more enjoyable, perhaps like Dennis before him, in a different set of circumstances. Thomas subconsciously gave up the logic to the, to the Einstein's definition of madness. Whether or not it could really have been an alternative choice, an alternative pattern of behaviour, in years to come, he'd curse every day for not having tried order and not realised the seriousness of the situation. <coughs> Dennis couldn't resist. On seeing Thomas, he dived out the window of the toilet for the disabled and happened to be near him in the toilet dustbin corridor. Once inside the door, he thrust his right hand down the front of his trousers and rubbed it around his sweaty genitals. Removing his hand, he gave a quick Gave it as quick stiff. It would prove to himself that he'd done what he'd just done. It feigned musky smell, old urine, and sweat he found strangely pleasing. He dived back out to the corridor and chased after Thomas, approached him. I'm sorry, he said, as he thrust his right hand forward to, for, for Thomas to say. And wittily, Thomas shook it. 
Who? What? Thomas managed to get out. Then spoke the reminder, the questioning being as obvious. Who was this little odd man? What did you want? I'm sorry. I knew Rachel, you see. We were girl, boy, girlfriend and boyfriend before you met her. This is like a best at gross exaggeration. Rachel Dennis would have been out one day when the conversation flowed. A time limit already set. <coughs> it had taken all Dennis' courage to call Rachel the following day. Last for a second date, he had quickly rebutted in Spain. He didn't notice that they had hardly got on very well. That no, she would not have any interest in seeing him again. To Rachel, Dennis had been well of frogs along the way before she met her prince. Thomas, if she had shown her photo to Dennis in the hours before she died, she would have been hard-pressed to remember him at all. Why would she? But one lousy date a decade earlier, when they and me with a kiss of some stilted conversation. But nothing else happened to Dennis, Rachel. It had been as well to that point. A person that dominated his thoughts from morning to night, unknown to his dreams. He admired her from afar for months beforehand, and when she agreed to date with him, it felt like all the dreams had come true. She seemed to him then so perfect, so right for him. And for the rest of his life, Rachel came to define him. The ideal, the essence of that attractive woman was. All the other women were judged in terms of the traits, and shared with Rachel. And much, 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 how much they looked like Rachel. Rachel was petite and thin. So petite and thin, that was part of how Dennis came to define attractiveness to himself. Rachel wore old hair brown, long and swept, back in the face and style. Almost belonged to a different time. Best suited to her tremendous. Dennis looked for the hairstyles in other women. Really, Thomas was a little taken aback by his stranger's statement. I certainly didn't want to have anything further to do with him. Yes, I'm Dennis Stevens.